You're listening to Likely Story on Sunrise Robot. Find out how you can support us at sunriserobot.net slash support. I am your co-host Shelby here with... The amazing, fantastic, wonderful, caring, and did I already say amazing, Polly. That's me! (laughs) (laughs) Let's also now play a guessing game called Who Wrote the Opening Show Notes for this episode? I have no idea. (laughs) Did I already say amazing? (laughs) Uh, Welcome. Here we are. Episode 29. We're almost dirty 30. Let's do this. Yeah. Um, do you have any follow-up stories to last episode? Well, I did want to add to our segment of conspiracy theories. Okay. Wasn't a real segment, but that's <laughs> fine. <laughs> Go on. Um, and I did a little Googling of conspiracy theories. And time put together the full list of conspiracy <laughs> theories. And then you click on it and discover there are 10 things on it. They include... The JFK assassination, the 9-11 cover-up, Area 51, and the aliens. <laughs> Paul is dead. Um, secret societies control the world. The moon landings were faked. Jesus <laughs> and Mary Magdalene. Holocaust revi- re- revisionism. <clears throat> the CIA and AIDS and the reptilian elite. Huh. Is so- one of the conspiracy theorists texting us right now? Yes. That's what that noise was. It was. Okay, that does not include the Katy Perry or no. the Ted Cruz conspiracy that well, we talked about last time. So they do. So on the 40th anniversary of the moon landing, Time put together this list. Um, and they said they put together 10 of the world's most enduring conspiracy theories. Okay. That so these have, these have stood the test of time. <laughs> Unlike the Ted Cruz's. Yes. <laughs> Soviet <laughs> killer. Yes. Has not stood the test of time yet. Uh, no one's talking about it anymore but us. Damn. Okay. Yep. Cool. So, listeners, if you want to hear about any of those conspiracy theories or any others, please write to us on our Facebook page because I would like to make this a recurring segment, <laughs> and I need proof that you all like listening about conspiracy theories to sell it to Shelby to make it a recurring <laughs> segment. And how do they find our Facebook page? We are at Facebook slash Likely Story Show. Right. That's, yep, that's true. <laughs> that is true. Okay, great. Probably Facebook.com slash likely story yes, show. Yes, yeah. Oh, the dot com is implied. Yeah. <laughs> it's proper etiquette. Come on. Oh my gosh. What um, are we doing? And also, if you do go to our Facebook page, you will see that me and Selena Gomez have a ton in common. Because <laughs> she also got stuck in an elevator <laughs> in Paris. And also, same as you. She survived. She did. We survived. We're we're survivors. Survivors. Twenty sixteen. Yeah. Yep. Great. We made it. All right. So that's on our Facebook page. Yeah. And tell us what conspiracy theory you want us to talk about. <laughs> Polly would love to dig into it for you. <laughs> yes. And until there is hard data, this will not be a regular segment. Damn it! I mean, I'm the one that brought the Ted Cruz one, so I do appreciate them. True. You got me started. You only have yourself to blame. <laughs> I wasn't that into conspiracy theories until, until I kept sending you yeah. stuff last week yeah. or two weeks ago. We could dig into the DIA ones. 
the oh, art airport so here many. in Denver. There are. Um, okay. Another yep. time. Another time. All right. We are going to do something today that we said we weren't going to do. When we started this podcast, <laughs> which was talk right. about politics. <laughs> um, but I have a disclaimer. Polly, please feel free to contribute to said disclaimer. Yes. Um, but because you and I both work in politics and care a lot about it, we had talked about early on that we didn't necessarily want to bring any of that to the podcast, uh, mainly because we didn't want to say something stupid or brilliant on the record. Because what if we said something so brilliant, then people wanted to get our analysis all the time. Yeah. That would be rough. It would be. That would be a hard position to be in. We just didn't want to have to put ourselves in that position of no. saying something so brilliant. Yes. Um, but when we look at what's happening in the world <laughs> of the United States, yes. <laughs> it is all about politics right now because we are in the presidential primary season. And um, I will just say we do work um, with a client in Sweden. And we and like we go through like yeah. the most popular news clips from there you go. their biggest newspapers, and a lot of them are talking about American politics as well. Oh, so that's unfortunate. It's it okay. a global thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know. Uh, okay. So we have been talking about though. We really wanted to share our experiences um, with something recently, which was the Colorado caucus process. We wanted to talk through that for folks. And then also talk about um, millennial voters. So we're not going to get too into the weeds of what's happening with the primaries on the Republican or Democratic side. You can find out how we feel on any social media (laughs) avenue. If you follow me on Twitter, you know how I feel. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But for now, we're going to try to keep it to just some interesting, bigger picture political issues yeah so that's my disclaimer i like it cool cool so we are now about what two weeks out longer it was it was 11 days ago it was march 1st and then today is march 11th yep since the um, caucuses in colorado yep and so this was my first time ever participating in a caucus um the presidential year yeah i've never participated in a caucus during a presidential year either i have participated in a caucus in a um odd year election and Mm -hmm. it is drastically different so yeah yeah um so before we go into how what it was like (laughs) i do just want to say um i think trend wise the um republicans are (laughs) even just the fact that i was going to say the republicans Okay, this is going to become quite obvious. Um, Republicans are reporting higher than average turnout in primaries and caucuses across um, the. We can't count Colorado, and this also yes, gives away so our political affiliation <laughs> because Republicans in Colorado declined the opportunity to do a straw poll to pick a candidate. Yes, they want to wait until the convention where they feel that their voices will be more. Yeah. heard yeah um so they did have caucuses quote unquote but mm-hmm. it was they were just like trial runs they weren't yeah. real they didn't report any results so for the presidential yeah. poll yeah and so there's some differences in in each party can run their caucus or primary differently mm-hmm. um and so in colorado that's definitely the case but 
Across the country, the turnout for Republicans has been higher than average, higher than I think 2008 is kind of this benchmark year that folks talk about. Um, However, Democrats nationally haven't been turning out to caucus or in primaries as much, with the exception of Colorado. Yep. Colorado had a higher turnout than in 2008, which Mm -hmm. was a, like, anomaly year to begin with. Mm -hmm. So... That's just going to set the stage for how well organized or terribly organized the caucuses went. Yes. <laughs> yes. And we um, just, you know, we come from two different counties. So counties, yep. the county party runs the caucuses. Yes. So each county, yep. the Democratic Party overall technically runs, but each county is in charge of their individual caucuses. Yeah. And so the caucus is this, you know, neighborhood meeting. You go in and meet in your county, in your precinct, Mm -hmm. which is kind of your block or few blocks, let's say. Mm -hmm. Um, And you do this presidential straw poll, and then that kind of rolls up into how many delegates end up voting for that candidate in the state convention. And it all just continually rolls up. Um, So this, for me, being the first time that I had participated – um, I was going to, I was, you know, supposed to head to this middle school in just down the street from me. Um, the caucus officially started at seven, supposed to last about two hours. So it's on one night from about seven to 9 p.m. Mm-hmm. And all of the websites and information I had seen said, well, plan on arriving about 630 so that you can get in. You can make sure, you know, you're, you're signed up, you're in the right room and whatnot. I arrived because I am me. I was just about to make fun of you. <laughs> I arrived at 6.05. Yep. I had a book in my car because I was like, sweet, I'm just going to get there, make sure I'm in the right spot. I'm going to read my book for 20 minutes and then I'll go in. At 6.05, <laughs> the entire middle school parking lot was full. The entire field next to the parking lot was full. And I had to park about three blocks away <laughs> in a neighborhood that was entirely full. <laughs> yeah. So that was a preview for me before I even walked into the building at then, by the time I got there, about 6.20. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> was it the same for you upon arrival? So we were at an elementary school. No, a middle school as well. Um, and it's really close. We could have walked if we weren't so lazy. Um, and the parking lot was definitely full. Um, and then the side streets were also filling up. Yeah. I wanted to be there super early. So we also got there at six Oh five. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was, it wasn't quite as full, I think as yours was mm-hmm. right off the bat. Um, but we stood in line for probably, Oh, 20, 30 minutes before they even started checking people in, which was a huge mistake in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and they just got so backlogged. Um, and it, they're, you know, they, I don't know. They just weren't, I don't know that as efficient with anyone was prepared for the turnout. And they couldn't have been prepared. No. Even if they knew exact, and I will give them this, I will give them credit at least in Boulder County, they did the best job that they could have done. Yeah. And, you know, um, Stan Garnett, who is um, our district attorney in uh, Boulder County, he's also lives, he's my neighbor. He lives in my precinct. Um, so he was talking, well, we'll get there. I'm jumping ahead a little yeah, bit. That's but okay. <laughs> <laughs> we, 
it took a while for them to even start checking people in, which was a mistake because yeah. they had us backed up against a wall. They had like a very – just in a hallway, they set up um, not the length of the hallway but the width of the hallway. Interesting. So they you backed the line up into a wall. Huh. And they did it by last name alphabetical. Yep. And um, then people are like trying to get to the A's and they have to go through all of the oh, yeah. like, Z and onward. This is so funny. And like yeah. we were just slammed up against each other. And then people – and I, I wasn't getting grumpy because – but people then are cutting in line because there's nowhere to stand behind you. So yeah. they like stand in front of you. <laughs> oh, my god! One woman was like, I'll let you all go, but I'm just going to stand here because I don't know where else to go. Oh, my gosh. Um, Our line situation was very different. Yeah. Um, there was a line out the door – when I walked up and I surprisingly saw someone I knew. I've only lived in this area for less than a year. Um, uh, And we don't, like, know anyone. Yeah. And the people that I do know that live in my county, like, don't live in my district or my area. So I was really excited to see a couple of people that I knew and, and chat with them. So we were just chatting in line. But the line was moving pretty quickly, and as we got up to the door of the school, I could hear one person shouting and saying, if you know your precinct, you don't need to be in line. Yeah. The whole point of, yep. of the line was to just confirm you had the right precinct number, which, of course, I looked up before I went yeah. and wrote it down. And then I lost that paper, and then I texted Mike because the internet was terrible. And I was like, go to this website and look up my precinct number. And so he did. And I was like, okay, confirmed. Yeah. So then people started realizing that you didn't have to wait in this line. Yeah. And then that just was the immediate filling up of this very small cafeteria. Yeah. So did you only have one loading zone for all intents and purposes? They didn't mm-hmm. split you up into two different groups. So we had one loading zone into one cafeteria, which is where the initial speeches mm-hmm. and reading of the rules and saying of the pledge and all of that happened. Yeah. Um, but it was so full that people who had been checked in were piled through the back hallway to the back doors. Oof. And like I went up and like found my table group. Yeah. But um, the other funny thing I thought was there was a lot of people on your way in. So I was like covered in stickers yeah. by the time I got there. Yeah. And then there were these people at my table of my precinct like giving me dirty looks essentially (laughs) and i was just like i don't need to deal with this and i don't need hundreds of people crushing me yeah and um and i had known at that point like nothing happens in that large group that you actually needed to be with your precinct for yeah it's really the general reading of the rules people come up to make their pitch for candidates and so i went and headed to the back of the room thinking well then i'll be the first up to the precinct and Mm -hmm. i can have a little bit of breathing space but on the edge of the group, the edge of the group and down the hallway, they couldn't hear anything. So they were all just talking, talking and doing yeah. stuff. And then the people along my area were getting angry because they were in the middle <laughs> of the talking and the, the like rules, speeches. Yeah. <laughs> so it was it was like forty-five minutes of of talking once they started. Oh wow. It was See, a weeks. really long time. So the other reason that we had to stand in line, we had to get our white papers to fill out um, to signify that we were at the caucus. Did you have anything to signify that you were at the caucus? 
Once we were up in our precinct, we signed a sheet that had our address and confirmed that like we could be there. Okay. Was that for being a delegate or an alternate or was that everybody? That was everybody okay. in the room. Okay. Um, so in Boulder County, we had little sheets of paper, like oh. white paper that we filled out and had yeah. like our van ID, um, which is a voter activation. It's a voter activation network. Um, and, uh, that was how our vote was counted and just like Interesting. to recognize that we were at the caucus. So we yeah. needed to get that. We didn't have to fill that out at the check-in line. You just had to get it. We just had to get it and then you could fill it out elsewhere. Interesting. Um, but they split us up and maybe we were oh. just a bigger group, yeah, but they put half of us in the gym cafeteria area and half of us in the auditorium. Okay. Um, and the auditorium where we were at, so we got there early and I'm so glad because we got a seat. Nice. And like we're comfortable and you can't like pack people into auditorium <laughs> rows. There's only yeah. like so many places for people to stand. Um, and that's where they read the rules and gave the speeches. Um, and then we have like this, we had sticks with our precinct number and we followed the guy with the stick to go oh. to our okay. classroom. Yeah. And our classroom. So they read the rules really quickly. So Boulder County, we had to be out of the the cla- the school by 9 p.m. Okay. It was like some sort of yeah. agreement. Um and Boulder County was very strict on time. And they were okay. like, "We are going to run this efficiently. We are not going to waste people's time by yeah. like starting at 8:30." Yeah. Like we're going to move. So we started reading the rules at like 7:20 and he was like, "We will be done by 7:30." Wow. And we were done by 7:30. Yeah. Um the speeches gave 2 minutes. Um each and then we went into the classroom and that's when like all hell broke loose. <laughs> Um, yeah. Okay. So when we were in the classroom, we immediately, um, broke up into the two groups, whether you were for Bernie or whether you're for Hillary. Okay. And then if you were undecided, we had no undecideds in our group. Okay. And then we moved to our sides of the classroom. Yeah. And then we had to be count ourselves. Right. Um, to decide how many delegates would be split up. Yeah. Um, and then we were counted twice and the Hillary person counted the Bernie people and the Bernie person counted the Hillary people just to make sure there were no funny games. Yes. Um, this sounds already more efficient. (laughs) Uh, but where it started to get crazy was at the check-in table, they were still checking people in long after this whole straw poll process was getting started. Yeah. And you can't just keep adding people I mean, and Stan Garnett, um, bless him. He, these people were coming in and getting really angry that their quote unquote vote wasn't being counted. Mm -hmm. I hate to tell you people, but in the caucus system, it's not, you don't have the right to vote. Like it's a totally different, Yeah, like you're not guaranteed a vote because you, yeah, Yeah. it's, it's not the same process. (laughs) Like your rights have not been infringed upon. Yeah. Um, it's a different, it's a different setup. Um, you also should have been there before seven o'clock. <laughs> yeah. As everyone was saying. Yeah. Um, and then people were saying, as long as we're in line by seven, we still get to vote. I'm like, no, that's when it's voting. <laughs> like, that's I don't know. When you go to the, the ballot box. The rules did, the rules that the party did share said anyone in line at seven, at seven will be counted. So well, I think that, that that's why the, I think that's why the uproar. Yeah. So that didn't happen in Boulder County. Yeah. We, we would have been there until 10 or 11. Yeah. 
Like they were still checking people. I mean, they, yeah, they just would have had to. Yeah. They made a, a call yeah. about what to do. And it was for those in to get their votes. So here, so a couple of things. So we all got counted. We split delegates. It was basically 50, 50 for okay. Bernie and Hillary and her. So two delegates a piece. Yeah. Um, and that was the other piece is that the people coming in, getting really upset that their vote wasn't counted. It wouldn't have changed anything. You would have needed a, like a mass of people for one candidate or the other to uh, have it go three, one. Right. Like it would have had to have been a significant number of people to change the yeah. delegate count. Yeah. And it because That's people so are coming in were both Bernie and Hillary supporters. It was yeah. all gonna even about how many people were in your precinct? Uh there was hundred and twenty five people in the room. That's so crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And then <laughs> all right, this made me mad. <laughs> And it might, it'll probably make you mad too, since you do so much work at the state capitol. Okay. Um, we have a, we have a contested house state house race. Oh, okay. And our precinct um, chair, yeah, uh, said if any after the presidential straw poll, if anyone wanted to leave, they could just hand in their slips, and they didn't have to. If they didn't want to, their job was <gasps> done. They didn't have to stay for the house what? race, and almost everyone left. Oh my gosh. And I'm like, do you have any idea how many laws these people make each year? Yeah, this is really important. Like, they have such a bigger impact on your life than the president <laughs> does. Like, I don't yeah. care if our president is Donald Trump. I do care if he is our president. But in this I, example. In this example, the people who are at the Colorado State Capitol yeah. will have a bigger impact on how your life is changed and yeah. altered and runs than That's Donald so Trump will as president. Okay. It made me so angry. And as people are leaving, I'm like, you do realize all politics are local. <laughs> oh my God, Polly. <laughs> I got sassy. But oh I went, my God. Everyone just wanted out. And they yeah. were like, I put my vote for Bernie or Hillary and it's all that matters. Yeah. It's like, no, it's not. Oh man. Okay. <sighs> so I think theoretically, how I imagined the time with my precinct would have gone. This is what I was picturing, and then I will describe what happened. <laughs> I was picturing a very organized system where two people in the room um, knew what they were doing because you have to have like a precinct chair at the moment and a secretary for the doing yeah. all the counting in the polls. I assumed two people who knew exactly what they were doing would be there. They would lead the group in making sure we had the right amount of people who mm -hmm. were all members of our precinct. We would have divided up in the room for Bernie or for Hillary. We would have counted those numbers. We would have calculated the delegate math. Mm -hmm. We would have assigned delegates mm -hmm. and alternates. And then we would go about our business. Yep. We didn't have anything else local, which I was disappointed in. So I was like, oh, I'll vote for local stuff. But we didn't have anything. Yeah. So it was just the presidential poll. What happened <laughs> was that we got up to the room. I think that there were about 65 people in our room, yeah. but it wasn't a regular classroom. So there was only 10 chairs yeah. around a table. Yeah. Um, so there's about 65 people. We stood up there for a good 20 minutes before someone decided to take initiative. And the guy who took initiative was... Not the most efficient. He definitely had never done this. Yeah. And so all of the, th like, we accomplished what we needed to that night. 
Was it the strategies that <laughs> I or half the room would have used? No. no. So he got up and was like, well, you know, I went to a caucus training a few months ago, so I guess I'll just take over. And then I actually went to volunteer to be the secretary to, like, help. And then this other guy just, like, pushed his way through. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to fight, fight you. Yeah, like, this, it's cool. Everyone mm-hmm. do your job. It's fine. Um, so then we had to do the sign-in sheet because that hadn't been done in another way. So they had, like, a packet of, of names mm-hmm. with everyone who was eligible in our precinct. Oh. So it was about 20 front and back sides of paper that seems inefficient with names and the initial way they started doing this was by passing it around the room nope 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 and so that went on for about five minutes and then i feel like i was in the corner with like all of the other bad kids because we were like just totally making comments that were loud enough for everyone to hear Uh um and then finally this one guy just goes this is ridiculous (laughs) i'm going to separate all of the pages by the alphabet yeah. And we're just going to start calling the alphabet and have people come up and sign real quick. Yeah. That went a lot faster, but it still took another 20 minutes. Yeah. So at this point, we are now at maybe 830. You were getting text the whole time. Yeah. Like Polly was like, I'm done. And I'm like, we haven't even started. <laughs> so then we decide like we're going to count the room. And it like everything about it was so inefficient. Yeah. That like the guy who was the secretary was like, okay, I'll count. So he turned his back to the room and just told everyone to count off. And it, and then he was going to tally on the board and we were going to compare the numbers and all like all of these what? weird things. Counting was a huge issue this oh whole time. My God. So I like my main concern, which I want to talk about um, after we finish this little bit is caucus versus primary. Yeah. Because if I weren't as dedicated as I am. And even knowing that I almost didn't go because I was like, I don't know. I've never done this. Like, do I want to spend my Tuesday night doing this? Yeah. Um, like as dedicated as I am, I almost didn't go. Mm -hmm. And if I had experienced that situation and had been any more, like if I had been apathetic in any way or questioning whether I should participate, that experience would make me never participate again because like people were yelling at each other about counting and we hadn't even gotten to the vote yet. (laughs) And so then the thing that I pictured happening, because we had talked about like what the ideal situation was, is that there would be like a captain for Hillary and a captain for Bernie. And if needed, because if we had had any undecided votes, if needed, (laughs) they would be the one to speak up for those candidates. Yeah. We had one undecided vote. Oh, no. And no one in the room that was responsible or taking leadership to speak for the candidates. So it was literally a free for all. And so it was like one girl started and then it just went back and forth. And like, at first people were raising their hands and like being respectful. Yeah. But the issue for me is that on both sides, we're not saying factual things. Yeah. Like, I did not trust that what they were saying was factual. And what was really frustrating to me as well, and this is a little bit into the politics, the one that was undecided, Mm -hmm. um, this one guy, like, I wish I would have gone up and, like, met him because he was great. Yeah. (laughs) Um, He he was like, okay, well, like, before we discuss, we'll let people talk on both sides, but what what are the issues most important to you? Yeah. And this woman who's undecided basically listed Hillary Clinton's platform. 
Like, I'm not even kidding. These candidates have a lot of things in common. Yeah. A lot of things Their voting that in records the end, are 93% like, the same. Like, they would get on the same page, but they both have platforms they've been comp- campaigning on, yeah. and they're different. Yes. And she literally listed off Hillary Clinton's, like, <laughs> campaign platform. And I was like, hey. well, then it's obvious, no? And yeah. I would have said the same. If you had cared more about Bernie's, like, you're not really undecided. No, you so know. that was annoying. Then we went into about 20 minutes of people yelling at each other, and it was so, so frustrating. And this this dear, sweet old lady who will come up a lot when I think about this night (laughs) was just like, look, if you want to actually know how how a candidate would do as president, you need to look at their past and not what they're saying in their campaigns. Yeah. She's like, I'm not going to tell you who I'm voting for, though she had stickers all over her. <laughs> it's a caucus. I know. You tell people, it's she like was the just whole like, secrecy of voting doesn't exist in a caucus. She was just so like sweet. Like, I don't want to pressure you. I just want you to think about this one thing. And it was like so funny. So then there was all this bickering. And then one, one lady stood up and was like, we're not changing anyone's minds. Let's just vote. And all then this whole row of old ladies who were sitting in the 10 chairs were yeah. just like, Yup, yeah. yup. <laughs> Let's get it going. Let's just get this vote over with. Like, I just came here to put in my vote, and now I want—I would like to go home. Yep. Um. So then, like, then there was just a crazy system of you have to make sure that the candidate gets more than fifteen percent of the room in order to allocate delegates. Mm-hmm. And so some people knew that, and so the way our math worked out, each candidate just needed nine votes. So not everyone like rose their hands raised their hands in that initial thing because it was really just about this making sure they had above a certain percentage Mm -hmm. and so like the whole room didn't vote and so then when it came to the actual vote yeah then there was yelling about like well that number is different than when we first voted and then it was like but that wasn't a real thing that was just this percentage thing and it's fine and so, like, we just went through this constant thing of chaos in order to, like, get down to, and it was it was essentially even, but I was super interested in, like, then there's some magical delegate math that happens. And so my precinct had four delegates for Bernie and two delegates for Hillary in the end. And so then you um, have to be elected or volunteer to be a delegate at the next level of the process, which is the county convention. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> which you are doing. I am doing. Um, I, I am doing that. John is a uh, is an alternate. We'll be driving up to Longmont together. Um, we so I'll just I'm open, very open about my support of Hillary Clinton, um, but. All of the delegates, except for one woman, so delegates and alternates who were for Hillary were young people. Interesting. And so, and we know, and I will readily admit that, I mean, 80% of the youth vote is voting for Bernie. Yeah. Um, But there are still 20% of us (laughs) that are for Hillary. Um, But this guy who was also interested in being a delegate, but like graciously bowed out once there was enough people. He was like, I'm not going to fight anyone. Yeah. (laughs) You guys do it. Not that big of a deal. Um, he was like, you guys are, well, first he asked if John and I were related (laughs) and we were like, well, we're married. So yes. (laughs) 
That's awesome. <laughs> and okay. then and then he was like, "You guys are awfully young to be supporting Hillary." What? Like thinking we were moles or something? Like trying yeah. to screw up the dele- like the delegation. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, Ours the um the delegates in our room were also young. I not yeah. not eighteen to twenty four yeah but definitely all early to thirty five early thirties yeah. with the exception of one of the alternates I think um but yeah like the um I think like the diversity of age and any type like race ethnicity and for our precinct we had a very interestingly mixed room which I was excited to kind of just see the diversity and um, hear the votes and how they were thinking about it, I guess. Um, Sorry, for our next part of our discussion, we're talking about what our feelings are about moving to be a primary state. Yes. And there is supposedly a bill um, to do that in presidential primaries. Um, so Already not, or from, there was last year? No, uh, this year. Oh. Uh, this year bill sponsored by Alec Garnett. And I cannot find it. So I'm wondering if it's a late bill or. Yeah. So I'm the big. Um, he's got one out, but it's about using the transportation yeah, the, signs. Yeah. Um, so, so I think so. So all of this craziness to say, like. Voting in your caucus or your primary is totally optional and voluntary, Mm -hmm. but the way that Colorado and others, every state can do it differently, Mm -hmm. and within the state, the parties do it differently, Um, but it excludes immediately a lot of people because you have to show up in person from 6 to at least 9 p.m., so anyone who works evenings, uh, single parents, uh, parents who need to take care of young children while their spouse is working nights. Um, we had a lot of people that we had talked to that said they wished they could go, but like their kids had sporting events and their kids had things going on that night that weren't canceled for the caucus. And so then if you think about it, like, well, my kid has soccer from... 3.30 to 5.30 and then like we're going to take the family home and have dinner and at that point I'll have missed like I won't be able to get there at 7. Yeah. Anyone traveling <laughs> like yeah. there are all of these things um, folks if like the the building isn't as accessible as you need it to be folks if you had had to park three blocks away mm-hmm. trying to get there through transportation like there are a lot of barriers to this um, system that is, with all intents and purposes, supposed to be a really inclusive neighborhood feel of making these decisions together. Yeah. Um, so there has been a call to switch us back to, which Colorado used to have, a primary mm-hmm. system with ballots and where it doesn't have to be in one evening. There could be some other options to doing this. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so. um, the biggest fight in um, Colorado is a tax-adverse state. Mm-hmm. Um, we even have a <laughs> a measure in our constitution that prohibits us from raising taxes without a vote of the people, so we really don't like taxes here. Um, I've heard, and I'm, I'm trying to find confirmation, but I cannot find it, so maybe the bill is going to be a late bill, and it'll be introduced on Tuesday. We'll yeah. find out. Um <laughs> 
but I've heard that it has a $2 million fiscal note. So the one introduced, uh, there was one introduced last year that didn't pass and it had um, the cost to the state would have been $1.68 million. Yeah. So $2 million sounds reasonable yeah. for what they're requesting. So counties would then be responsible for um, kind of running the primary. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, but then depending. the state would reimburse the yeah. counties for it. Yeah. Well, that was the bill last year. Yep. So it could be different. It could mm-hmm. be the state it's true. running. Yeah. Um, but right now the parties pay for it. So there is no tax money involved in the caucus, the caucus system, system at all. It's yeah. completely run by the Republican and Democratic parties. Yeah. Um, so the fiscal note is huge. I, I am for moving to a primary state just for inclusion. We're a really liberal voting state. We have really great voter laws. Yeah. Um, people can vote in our and state like, early. Notoriously and- great voter turnout. We've turned yeah. to all mail-in ballots yep. for major actual voting things. Yeah. <laughs> Everything but our presidential caucus, mm-hmm. actually. Um, well, and other, there are other primary caucuses and those are run, they're, they're run much run. more efficient because five people show up in a precinct. Yeah. No one cares, even though all politics are local. I know. We know. <sighs> yeah. Um, so it's an interesting, I don't know. And it's fun. It's interesting to watch all of the other primaries and caucuses going on and like hearing what their processes yeah. are. Yeah, I heard <laughs> how that works. Well, and I heard from a friend in Denver who had a very bad experience. Mm-hmm. So um it was it was a mess pretty much everywhere. Yeah. Um and yeah. I think it's weird. Like it's so interesting because the great thing is the turnout. Mm-hmm. Like that's a positive thing. Yeah. The fact that like you're getting high engagement. And so as we said, like nationally engagement on the Democrat side has been lower, mm-hmm. except in Colorado. Yep. Um and so it's like to some degree it's really unfortunate that people had really bad experiences for something that should have been a national story of yeah. like political engagement. <laughs> but I also wonder how much that turnout would have been if we were in a primary. Yeah, that's fair. Because of how many people are disenfranchised by not being able to participate in Yeah. I, I know. I mean, I it, it could be even People forget about elections, but that's one downfall of mail-in ballots. Um, Yeah, it's true. Is that people forget or they throw them away accidentally. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But, yeah. I don't know. I think it's interesting. So that was our (laughs) crazy experience. Yep. Um, if I get you to go do it on the county level, I know me too. <laughs> I actually, well, I tried to be a delegate, but then I decided not to fight people. And so I'm an alternate. So I still have to go. I still get to go. I was preparing my pitch for like becoming a delegate. Cause I was very, like I had been saying for weeks before I was like very set on being a yeah. delegate for Hillary. Um, and so when they started talking about it, I started getting like butterflies in my stomach and was like going <laughs> like, through my head say? of like what my pitch say? of like why I'd be a good delegate and why it's important and all mm-hmm. of that. And then I just raised my hand and they, I, that was it. Yeah. <laughs> there was only four of us. And I was like very, I was forceful about saying I want to be a delegate. Like I yeah. wasn't going to be like, oh, I'll be an alternate. Like I was, yeah. I was very clear that I wanted to be a delegate um, and other people could be alternates if they wanted. Yeah. But, um. I was forceful the first three times. <laughs> and then the fourth, I was just like, oh, I also just want to go home right now. <laughs> yeah. And I'm tired of this. Yes. Um, okay. So I would love if people participated in their primary or caucus or have questions, 
about ours, please yeah. ask us on Facebook or on Twitter. Yeah. Because I would love to hear other stories. I know we'll release and Ohio will have their big moment. Well, the 15th on is the a 15th. scary, scary date. <laughs> There's a lot going on on the 15th. Oh my gosh. Um, if you're me, you're having a heart attack. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. What about them youth voters? Them millennials? Them millennials with our streak of talking about millennials. Well, we are millennials. Uh, I know you don't necessarily associate with being a millennial, but you are technically a millennial. We are. We are. Um, I am very proud to be a millennial. I know. Um, But, um, and so we'll just kind of talk quickly through some, some folks, some things. Yeah. Some young people voting. Yeah. Um, Go ahead. So I first want to talk about Colorado and kind of the awesome things that we do here. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is this organization called New Era Colorado, and they are a nonpartisan um, organization that's been around for about a decade. Mm-hmm. Um, and its sole focus is getting young people involved in politics. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, in 2014, and I don't know the, I, I'm sure this is huge for this year. I just don't know the numbers. Um, in 2014, they registered 30,000 young people. That's awesome. On high school campuses, getting people pre-registered because you yeah. can pre-register in the state of Colorado so that you are automatically registered and you'll automatically get a mail-in ballot once you're 18. Yeah. Um, so pre-registering high school kids and then going to college campuses across the state, not just in the metro area in the front range, yeah, um, but in the rural areas as well, down in Durango and Grand Junction, um, and in the mountain areas. Um, and they registered 30,000 people just in 2014. That's awesome. Um, and I know they had plans to do bigger and mm-hmm. better things moving forward and we're growing. And, um, so we have, um, a unique you know, a unique, um, we're unique in Colorado. Um, we also voted in 2014 way above, Mm -hmm. um, the, the national average national average in 2014 was 36%, I think. Yes. And Colorado was at 60%. Yeah. So, um, pretty impressive there. Um, but, and so just for, um, like voting trend context, um, in midterm years, so, not presidential election years. Yes. Um, the national average is 40% mm-hmm. of eligible voters going to the polls or ballot box to vote. Not polls, the ballot box. Yeah, we don't have polls anymore. Um, so average in non-presidential years is 40% overall, and the average national in presidential years is 60%. Yeah. So... Yeah. People should really be voting more in midterms. Really need to work on this. Yep. I've worked in a lot of midterm elections and campaigns. So like I've important. I have like a special place in my heart for people who vote um in midterm elections and who also volunteer their time and work for candidates and issues in midterm elections. Um I worked in two thousand and ten and the number of times that I heard from people that they were still tired from Obama in oh eight, I wanted to (laughs) be violent. Yeah. There's just not as much focus. It's it's just a different, yeah. So fresh. Still important. Um, okay. I, um, so I was looking at, um, like just general trends of young voters. Mm-hmm. And, and so young voters and millennials are going to like kind of get tied together with, um, 
there's an article that we want to talk about, which is focusing on this year and how millennials could impact the election. But thinking about young voter trends over time. Yeah. People are not currently young voters who I'm going to talk about. But like for this age group, the high point of voting um, was in uh, early 60s, which was just over 50 percent. And it's kind of fluctuated, um, mostly decreased since then until 2008 when it was 44.3%. And that was kind of the most recent high point for young voters and young voters in a lot of these research, um, research articles. And, and when you do research on like voter blocks of Mm -hmm. people, they consider it 18 to 24. And then in recent studies, they're expanding that to about 30. Yeah. Um, because for us now, that's the millennial yeah, generation. We're getting older. <laughs> um, so they got to keep including us slowly. <laughs> um, and so in 2008, this was definitely a high point where um, the youth vote had tripled in most states compared to 2004. Um, and I think in 98 and two, or 96 and 2000, we're like, bottom of the barrel low points yeah <laughs> in voting yeah and it like started to increase in 2004 and 2008 was this like epic triple um the amount of voters yeah 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 it's pretty it's pretty interesting um so we wanted to talk a little bit too about why youth don't vote um and a lot of it has to do with the fact that we move a lot Mm -hmm. um and i can speak from personal experience um in that where i live now is the longest i've lived anywhere since i graduated high school (laughs) and i've only been there two and a half years yeah (laughs) so um and yeah i mean depending on different voting laws and how that works if it's easy to navigate or if you've moved just before, or how engaged you are in a community if you yeah. haven't been there very long. Yeah. Um, and so the other piece is that millennials, um, uh, and being careful not to do like broad strokes because yeah. millennials is a huge, yes. huge demographic. A blanket statement for all individual <laughs> <Yeah>. people. <laughs> um, trends. But trends? they typically aren't as party loyal as mm-hmm. as baby boomers are um for just for an example um and they're definitely more issue based so mm-hmm. they tend to um lean more into issues than they do party mm-hmm. um so you know and there's still people that vote party line regardless mm-hmm. um and uh you know i also don't think that they're single issue voters yeah. um but they're you know, candidates haven't been doing the best job at speaking to young people, I would say, until mm-hmm. Bernie Sanders came along mm-hmm. um, and he has nailed I think it. Obama did. Yeah. Not, I mean, maybe not, not, spe- not, like, not as much as Bernie has, yeah. I guess. <laughs> Bernie has taken it to like a different, the college yeah. issues. That's um, fair. Has taken it to just a different level than Obama yeah. did in 08. I think Obama had general thing, like general issues that spoke generally to people. Yeah. Which included youth and millennials yeah. at a different rate. Yeah. And Bernie's platform is directed at millennials. Yeah. And, and on the younger end of millennials. Yeah. yeah, definitely on the younger end of millennials, I would say. Yeah. Um and yeah. Yeah, which I I actually I think that's interesting. Um, 
And I think that I, w- I will assume someone from Bernie's campaign knows this fact, which is that for the first time ever, millennials, the number of millennials is equal to the number of baby boomers. Yeah. And so before, if you would have like low voter turnout or a population, like a group wasn't as big. Yeah. They're, they don't have as much voting power for you mm-hmm. or against you. Yeah. But now that millennials are equal to that of baby boomers, that does change the dynamics a lot right yeah. now. And candidates are going to have to start talking to millennial voters more than they have been up mm-hmm. to this point significantly. Mm-hmm. So um, I think historically one of the reasons um, given when people who I will assume are not millennials or youth voters talk about youth voters. (laughs) Um, One of the things listed that I had read was one of the reasons why youth don't vote is that they have a lack of access to candidates. Yeah. And I think that probably pre-social media, (laughs) that was fair. Yeah. And I think that that landscape has completely changed. Yeah. Um, Well, just, just look at um, like, uh, a uh, Claire McCaskill who on Twitter is very dedicated to, she tweets her own tweets. Mm. Like it is her. She does not have an intern or a social media staffer. She does it all and she makes some mistakes and gets torn apart for them. And it's kind (laughs) of hilarious. Um, But she uh, purposely doesn't follow anyone on Twitter because she's very dedicated to reading all of the at replies that get sent to her. Oh, wow. And she responds. Yeah. Not just to, like, she responds readily to wow. people who are criticizing her. Like, she is very dedicated. She also is a Tumblr. Yeah. Um, and she blogs. A- um, and she's just, she just has, like, this really intense access to not just her constituents, but the United States mm-hmm. body as a whole. Yeah. She's a U.S. senator, so she represents everyone at the same time as she represents uh, the folks in Missouri. Yeah. Missourians? Missourians? Let's move on. <laughs> well, you're never going to be elected in Missouri, Holly. I'm not moving there. <laughs> um, Nothing against Missouri. It's a nice yeah. place. I, yeah, I, I think it's very interesting. Um. The one, it was a, oh, a Mother Jones article um, that said 10 states where millennial voters could change the election. Yeah. And and so this is where they really highlighted the, um, the generations being equal in voting power, millennials to baby boomers, and the increases in voter engagement, especially this year. Um, and so just thinking about, like uh, Colorado was listed and we've already, and we've seen that and Mm -hmm. and Colorado overall went for Bernie when you look at the majority. Um, But one of the things they attributed was that there's an influx of new residents to Colorado. And there indeed is. We have so many transplants. (laughs) If you've driven the roads. Um, I am a transplant, so I can't complain that much. Nope, not at all. Me too. Um, And so, there's that issue, but then what we had talked about earlier, which was Colorado has incredibly accessible laws for yes. voting. Um, which I just want to say, and I'm getting partisan for a second, but Republicans typically, again, I don't want to do broad strokes, yeah. but typically are against opening up access to voting. 
Um, I would just like to say, and there's been polling that has proved this, that our new laws of the total mail-in ballot extend, extending like mm-hmm. when you can vote has led to more Republicans voting. Yes. So <laughs> I just want to throw that out there. just a case study of thinking about these things. <laughs> yes. um, that's really funny. I think... One of the other ones I wanted, so Ohio, as I mentioned, is coming up. Um, so the Buckeye State, uh, what was interesting um, from this article in, the, in talking about Ohio, especially with millennial voters, is that mm-hmm. they are unsure of how millennials in Ohio are going to vote. Because, I mean, each state has its own kind of unique makeup. But in Ohio, there are, um, let me see, 1.7 million young people 385 institutions of higher education. And then the unique aspect to Ohio is that a quarter of those people are married. And then when you think through of the quarter that are married or those that aren't, a lot of children as well. Yeah. And so that changes the dynamic of of additional issues that people will focus on. So there's kind of the student loan debt and yep. the, the college um, proposals. And then there's also education and early childhood and historical issues, um, like historical action around those issues from the candidates and stuff. So they're also just kind of going through, well, now if we have to look at the millennials more seriously, like, yeah. oh, they aren't really defined the same in every, in state, every place, which yeah. Yeah, makes total sense. But yeah. yeah. I don't know. So there's going to be a lot coming up. Um, so we'll have to see how millennials are voting. But yeah. I do think, I mean, I think the the trends to me are interesting. I'll be curious if there are other states where uh, millennial voters are participating earlier in the process. Mm-hmm. And then also how this shakes out for the general election. Yep. Are we going to see similar trends? Are we going to see like downward spirals. Yeah. I don't I don't know. Yeah. Well, we'll touch base about it <laughs> more frequently or just here more yeah. than never. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Cool. Um all right. Well, that's all I have on millennial voters, I think. Yes. Me too. It, it will just be it's just very interesting and you know, everyone loves to talk about millennials. Yep. Speaking of millennials, <laughs> just kidding. That's a terrible segue. I just want to talk about The Bachelor for a second. <laughs> well, they are all millennials. They're all babies. <laughs> oh my gosh. They're so young. Okay. Sorry. We're segueing to a completely different topic. We're done with politics. We're moving on to crazy. And the initial crazy is The Bachelor. Is it going to be JoJo? Is no. it going to be Lauren? Yes. I agree. It's going to be Lauren. Okay. More importantly, everyone that I talk to about this thinks it's going to be Lauren. Okay. So my sister Sarah had some gossip on this. Ooh, give it. But have you seen all of the things saying that Kayla, also known as Ohio, is going to be the next Bachelorette? I haven't seen anything, but I just assume that she's going to be the next Bachelorette. Okay. (laughs) There have been latest rumors are that she has been filming in Hudson, Ohio. Oh. And then the Ooh. backlash to those rumors is that they have historically done this 
where they have had people film oh. stuff in their hometowns. Oh, it's like Project Runway. To throw people off. It's like Project Runway where a bunch of them actually get to yes. show at Fashion Week. Yes. So, so you don't know Which who the crazy. finalist is. Yeah. So she apparently has been filming, but some people think that it's actually JoJo. No. And no. that JoJo gets eliminated and doesn't seem that upset about it because she already knows what's going to happen and that she'll get to be the Bachelorette. I don't want JoJo to but be the Bachelorette. She's boring. I don't understand with her family how they would like support her being on the bachelorette. Well, this ha- this happened with another bachelorette where her brother like tore apart the bachelor. Yeah. And like the process and everything and then she was the bachelorette. Interesting. So it worked. I am also fair enough actually two episodes behind. <laughs> I didn't watch the women tell all or the one before that when oh. apparently Kayla got sent home. I just you just told me what happened. Oh yeah, I just I haven't watched it. the women tell all yet, but I, I couldn't got, do it. I got the scoop from Tasha of what parts I can fast forward through. Okay, great. I will watch everything else on my DVR before I watch it. I know I've got a lot of stuff to catch up, but on. I've heard the lace segment's really boring, and Ugh. that there's this really creepy part where a guy comes in and has Lace's face tattooed on his belly. Stop it! And they get a picture together. Stop and it! And I'm like, why would you get a picture together you should call the cops that's crazy yeah also did i tell you the other week when i was driving to work i could have sworn that olivia was in the car behind me i was like a little bit panicking because i was like that woman looks like olivia and it was really she moved to denver to stock ben i don't know she just has to go to the view house and she'll find him oh my god it's got to be Lauren. I really don't like the idea of JoJo being the next Bachelorette. I think it's Lauren. We've been saying it was Lauren all along. Yeah. Okay. He clearly has a special connection with her. I think so. And I guess in the previews, I also heard this from Tasha. She basically <laughs> told me that And Sarah. <laughs> um, the women tell all. But apparently, um, one of the women, they don't show who... But is talking with Ben, and he says, I love you. And she says, are you saying that to the other girl? And he says yes. <gasps> because Ben is so freaking honest. He is. He's too honest. You He's can't so tell two cute. women you love them. I know, so it's adorable. It does not. It's not supposed to work like that. No. Um, okay. The funniest thing that I also got from Sarah was um, this video from the AV Club. Oh, it's so good. Called If Real People Acted Like Contestants on The Bachelor. Um, we'll put it up in the show notes at sunriserobot.net slash likely story slash 29. Woo. But we'll also put it up on social media because it yeah. is hilarious. We can put it up right now. Um, I'm doing it. It'll be up there. Okay. Oops. So that's enough of The Bachelor. I'm done with The Bachelor. Okay. The also, other- the episodes are so boring at this Ugh. stage. I don't care how entertaining See, this is the season watch is. It. it gets so... It's like... It's painful. It's just like, come, I I actually usually start fast forwarding through things because yeah. I get so bored. Yeah. And I'm just like, Ooh. I don't need to see you not eat your dinner for the umpteenth, t- umpteenth oh my gosh. time. I did have one more thing, which was thanks to Matt um, and Carolyn, who also shared and discussed, but apparently Aaron Rodgers, football player, his brother is going to be a contestant on The Bachelorette. And so then there were a lot of jokes going around because people thought it was or still think that it's Kayla. And so they're just saying like, okay, so basically the season's over. Kayla is going to pick Aaron Rodgers' brother. 
Like, why would you not? Yeah. He's also a football player. Like, he's <laughs> yeah. attractive. There, you know, if she's going on The Bachelorette, there's also an element of her wanting this celebrity type yeah. lifestyle. So why would you not marry, like, the NFL player's brother? Yeah. And have greater access to those things. Yeah. It's a genius move. I think so. Calling it now. Is he ugly? I don't even... No. He's attractive. Of course he's on The Bachelorette. I don't even need to watch the season. I'm calling it right now. Roger's brother, Kayla. Done. Well, you're watching the season. Yeah, probably. Okay. okay. The other thing that I am watching, but I'm a little behind, is the 112263, which is based on Stephen, Stephen King's, King's book. Yeah. Um, it's on Hulu. I've only seen two or three episodes, maybe. We're really behind because we've had amazing guests in town. <laughs> um but the show is awesome. Yes, I typed a note. Uh, typed a note in here. Um, I need your Hulu account so that I can watch it. We'll discuss offline. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Not that we're doing anything illegal by sharing accounts or anything. <laughs> um, the other thing, have you watched yet? Is House of Cards. Uh, I am on. I finished episode eight. Oh, you're closer than I thought. Yeah, we we moved okay. through them. We'll talk Ju- about it next time. Yeah. This um, season is much better than last season. I will say that. Here is what I. Every episode, I had to ask myself, am I watching actual CNN or am I watching House of Cards? Yeah. I do not know sometimes. Mm. That's concerning. Yeah. <laughs> Especially lately. It is very concerning. Um, but it's amazing. And I hope people have had time. And in another two to four weeks, I hope you have more time that you can all finish watching it so that we can talk about it. Yes. Please send us your questions about House of Cards. We will answer them. Via Facebook or Twitter for our episode about it. Yes. Um, That's all I got. That's all I got. I think we've talked to you guys long enough. Yeah. Cool. Great. Um, Again, show notes, sunriserobot.net slash likely story slash 29. Or... um, Send us your feedback on Twitter at Shelby Elizabeth and at Polly Ann K with the hashtag likely story. Uh, make sure to join our community on Facebook. We try to post a lot and we like to get comments and delightful articles and things. Um, or sometimes just videos of puppies. Yep. <laughs> um, and when the bears come back, we'll be sure to post a link about oh the bears. God. Oh my God, we got to look into that. It's close to bear season, isn't it? I don't know. We got to look into it. Yeah, we're doing that next. Um, You can support us directly on Patreon at patreon.com slash sunrise robot. And a special thanks to our amazing Patreon super level sponsors. Carolyn Kraut and Benji Robinson. You guys are so awesome. You're so awesome. And we love you both. Yes. Oh, and be sure to subscribe to in your favorite podcatcher so you never miss an episode. You can do that using the RSS or iTunes button on our website. And if you do not know what that means or don't know how to subscribe, please let us know. Yeah. And Polly and I will make a how-to video. Yes. Because <laughs> it'll I, be great. I just decided that we need that. Okay. Great. Cool. Cool. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye.